Hello guys, gals, and non-binary pals. I'm your host, Taylor, and this is Winnin' Forks, a weekly Twilight podcast where two 20-something lesbians ruin everything you love about the international best-selling series by Stephanie Meyer. Thanks for tuning in. long time no talk no literally i feel like it's been like seven years <laughs> it's been a second we because we quit or we took a little pause right before the holidays so i'm i'm ready to get back into the swing of things and i've missed you i know we've texted but yeah. i'm ready to really have heart to hearts about what we're reading again like while i wasn't reading twilight i was watching twilight which is why we're back a week uh later than we were originally going to be because i had a twilight marathon with my friend who had never seen twilight before that is i'm sure such a special experience to share this with a twilight virgin no it was amazing we had so much fun um so but they wanted to do it on the day that we usually do this and i was like oh Damn it! I don't know. And then you work better for you for us to do it for the next week. We're all refreshed and we're ready to go. We're ready to really sink our teeth, excuse the pun, into this. So welcome back, guys. Um, I'm Ajay, one of your hosts. I am Team Bella and Team Wolfpack. And I am Taylor, pronouns are she, her. And I am Team Colon Family Unit with an emphasis on Miss Esme because she's everything to me. So normally we do about three chapters a episode. I personally could not do that. <laughs> I read these two chapters and I was like, this is enough. I have so many notes. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't sit through um, a third chapter. So I was like, I think we need to change our format, at least for this episode. Yeah. And it's going to give us a chance to delve deeper into each one and not feel like we're rushing through and not have each episode be, you know, three hours long. So I think this will be good. We'll, we'll try the two chapter format for a while, see what we think, see what you guys think. And we'll go from there. You know, we're still learning. It's episode six. We're learning and growing just like Miss Bella. Literally. Also, um, Taylor, I made a boo-boo in one of our past episodes when I was talking about um, the film Eclipse. Um, I said that Bill Corden was the director for Eclipse when literally he was the director of Breaking Dawn Part 1 and 2. Uh, David Slade was the guy who directed Eclipse. Oh, shoot. Um, I should have known that because David Slade sounds like such a horror genre director name. It really um, does. Well, <laughs> Slade is very... I've been living with this since I realized it. Um, but I think that's just a testament to how I don't watch Breaking Dawn like that. I like to put it out of my mind, so... It's all right. We'll, di- we'll dive into the movies more deeply eventually, and we'll make sure we get all our facts straight when we do that. Yeah, sorry, guys. I know you expected more from me, but I'm only human. I'm like Edward Cullen. Only human. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, in Chapter 13, Confessions, Edward shows Bella what he looks like in the sunlight and then tells the tale of how he wanted to drink her like a Capri Sun. 100%. And then in chapter 14, a little quick recap, 
Edward tells Bella some details of his human life and reveals that he's been watching her sleep for the past few months. Very casual. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, all right, bud. We'll get into that. Don't be afraid. Um, but be afraid. I think the title of this episode is very, uh, on brand because as we will provide in the Carfax, um, that's very much the gist of these chapters, I would say. And that's the only gist. Trust me, I just read them, and that's pretty much all that happens. <laughs> Bella describes Edward as having a sculpted incandescent chest. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm just picturing, like, literally, like, the statue of, like, Michelangelo or whatever just sitting in this meadow and her just, like, stroking it. And, like, stroking it very hornily, might I add. Like, she's no. literally, her breath is quickening while she's, like, stroking it. I'm like, let's just settle down. Like, let's just settle down. She also describes him as a perfect statue made of some kind of unknown stone and then goes, like, some kind of marble. Okay, so marble then. What? Just say marble. What was the sentence structure? Then he still asks this question of if she finds him scary. And it's like, it's just so boring at this point. Like, we know the answer is no. Plus, you look like a disco ball. Like, you look like you've got on some Fenty Beauty highlighter. Like, let's move past this. Move around. <laughs> Honestly, though, it's, it's, he repeats it so, so many times. The answer is not going to change. Like, I promise you that. Like, if there's one thing Bella is, it's consistent. <laughs> She's yeah. not going to change her mind. She said that before. Once I make up my mind about something, I'll stick to it. It's easier that way. So, therefore, we should just know she's not going to find him scary no matter what he does. You know, he tells her it's easy to be himself with her. And I would find that cute. I know. Me. The biggest Edward anti ever. I would find it cute if we actually had more of a glimpse into his personality. Because we're already at chapter 13, and I still practically know nothing about him other than the fact that he acts like an asshole and is like this self-tormenting vampire person. Honestly, that's so true. Like, it's so funny because he's like, I feel like I can be myself around you. But, like, his behavior has not dramatically changed, whether they're in front of people or alone. Like, obviously, he can, you know, rip his shirt off and be sparkly and show that he's sparkly and run faster but in terms of like actual characteristics he's the he's very like one note <laughs> bella tells him that not being able to read someone's mind is just life for humans so he needs to get used to not having that advantage with her and i'm like so true queen and this is kind of one of the things one of the many things that i don't like about edward edward represents this type of person in our society for me that literally has like all of these things at his disposal and just someone with privilege like he has ultimate privilege and him being able to read minds is a huge privilege and while he doesn't like that he has the privilege of living forever and yada 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 he still uses the, these privileges uh to his advantage and he like banks on those and so that's what kind of confuses me it's like he's like one of those people in society that likes to preach about how they need to use their privilege for good or they need to use their platform for change but like they don't want to do anything to change that and so the fact that he can't read her mind and he gets irritated by that 
reads to me as that he would rather use that privilege for his own benefit instead of putting in the work to um, really get to know her the more organic way. Does that make sense? No, it makes complete sense. And I think that that's so true. And I think that it's almost a sense of entitlement. <laughs> like he has this benefit that he can use on 99.9999% of the world that he shouldn't necessarily have. And the fact that he can't do it with one person but feels entitled that he should be able to do it is so frustrating. Like you have all of these benefits in other ways and you're only focusing on the one benefit you don't have. Exactly. And that's why I'm always like, okay, do you actually hate being a vampire or do you hate the fact that you can't get what you want by being a vampire? That's what mm. irritates me. Because it's like, he does this whole brooding game of I hate myself, I hate this, I hate that. But he doesn't mind when he's using his intellect. He doesn't mind when he's using his mind reading powers. He doesn't mind when he knows he's affecting Bella in a very attractive, flirty, sexual way. Like, you see what I mean? Like, that's why I'm always like, okay, what are you really upset about are you really upset or is this just like this pity party thing you know yeah and I'm skipping ahead a little bit but I know that you kind of noted in our little note document <laughs> about how he has this sort of dichotomy going on where he resents being this vampire and he hates it and he wishes he wasn't this way but at the same time he's so condescending towards Bella for her like human like attributes yes so it's like you can't have it both ways like what is the truth <laughs> You know, I would say that's kind of a little teenagery, so it does kind of play into um, him being like a 17-year-old guy, but it's like the teenage attributes are always much less than the vampire attributes. Just some quotes to kind of point out that aspect. It's so funny, like how she always points out the fact that he has like so much um, like history in his face, like some of the, my favorite quotes favorite being like I thought they're kind of ridiculous mm -hmm. is he ha is described as having a mask of ancient sadness cadences of an earlier century voice of ancient grief it's like very just like funny how she always has to put a little adjective in there to like remind us that he's old <laughs> and it's very much the fact that she can like understand that and relate to that it's very much like born in the wrong generation energy to me no oh my gosh or like the line where she goes I smelled his cool breath in my face. Sweet, delicious. The scent made my mouth water. What? Listen, I'm so glad that you wrote that down because I also wrote that in all caps in my notes. And I was like, that is disgusting. <laughs> like, because like, here's the thing. He's not sucking on a mint. <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> he what has just drank some blood. Like, that is cannot be advertising. Like, that is, that is rank. Like, you've ever better had a cut, like, knee. It's with, like rusty and like nasty. You don't smell yes. appetizing. So like, what are you getting at? Like you're it, a freak, Bella. And it's like, what what is appealing about that? Like it's not cute at all. Rotten meat. It, like, cause you just like ate an animal like raw. <laughs> it's disgusting. God. And then she tries to smell him more, maybe even kiss him. And he just like yeets across the field. Listen, that's fair. Him. If someone was trying to smell my breath, I'd be like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Get away from me. It's so funny because I think whenever we think of Twilight, we think of like this very like, or like at least Stephanie Meyer trying to write something very like pure and like wholesome. They wait till marriage, whatever. 
but if you read between the lines they are kinky like it's just true like the breath smelling some of the lines about like being prisoners like they are kind of freaks no literally and and you know what good for them okay i mean but they're both very vanilla but but like all of it Edward being the most vanilla. I'm sorry. We'll get to it at some point. But Oh, is not vanilla. She is crazy. Yes, but like spoiler alert, if you haven't read the books, they get married in the end. She is very vanilla. I know for a fact. I know for a fact in Breaking Dawn when they had the sexual intercourse and he was holding back. I'm talking probably peen, not even all the way in. Okay? She was having a field day with that. She she was getting subpar dick, and she was happy about that. In her, I'm just thinking her lifestyle, the breath smelling, like, <laughs> being a prisoner, the watching the sleep. It's like very, and like not in a good way. Like it's a very much like not good BDSM representation, just like Fifty Shades, which makes sense because it's a you know yeah. something that came from this book. <laughs> but like she does some stuff where I'm like, okay, she's like wired different. She's built different. She's built different mentally, but sexually, I feel like she's very vanilla at least the way that Steffi might like the traditional way yeah no that's yeah yeah she didn't intend to make her not vanilla let's just put it that way right but it reads very vanilla because a lot of the shit they say and do is just insane so then Edward talks about how dangerous he is blah 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 and he demonstrates that once again it just comes off as some kind of fear tactic to scare her away and I'm not I'm not here for it. It's very much played out. It's very much manipulative. It's like if she was going to leave, she would have left already. Like, I don't understand why we have to continue with the sob story. We have to continue with these like dangerous um, demonstrations. It's, it's just like, it's also just reads so funny though. Because he no, like, literally. takes a big branch <laughs> and snaps it. And it reminds me of the vine. And it's like so no head and then he like breaks the skateboard <laughs> it's like oh i'm thinking of when he does that oh my god he just be out here snapping twigs and thinking that like i'm gonna be scared of you like dude like if you're gonna go in go all the way in like don't just snap a twig and call it a day yeah um another quote that i absolutely just hated I sat without moving, more frightened of him than I had ever been. I had never seen him so completely freed of that carefully cultivated facade when he'd never been less human or more beautiful. Bella. Yeah. What is, what? I don't. The less, the never been less human is what really gets me because he's, he's almost like being animalistic. And so it's like, is Bella a furry? (laughs) Oh my God. Um, I also just like really want to talk about this um, analogy he uses about if there was an alcoholic in a room, there could be a thousand people in a hundred people in a room. Sorry, I wanted to quote some Lady Gaga there, but <laughs> we have the alcoholic in the room and talking about, you know, if there's cheap beer, if there's really high-end brandy. I'm like, first of all, like, let's not bring in alcoholics like this this is very bizarre second of all bella's not a natty light like let's not compare her to some frat boy beer like she deserves better than this okay and she deserves better than the brandy too because she's a human being no literally it's like he was trying to dumb it down for her which is insulting (laughs) because bella 
is very intelligent at this point. We know this because literally with all the shit that the Cullens have been able to get away with in this small ass fucking town, and Bella's the only one that's been able to put the dots together in the past like two, three months, you should not <laughs> be downplaying her intelligence. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So Just true. explain it to also, her like a fucking adult. <laughs> also, also, if Bella can figure this out, you're in danger because listen, Bella's a smart girl. Is she the sharpest tool in the drawer? Like, I wouldn't say so. <laughs> so, like, if Bella can figure this out, I'd rethink the plan. Also, I just feel like Stephanie Meyer just made it so Bella <laughs> was completely um, keyed in on what the Cullens were up to because most people are not that perceptive of others. Like, she would not have noticed Edward's eyes after only talking to him that one instance in biology that's so true literally my best friend like I don't know that I could name their eye color (laughs) like I'm not that observant no absolutely that's what I'm saying Bella says so what you're saying is I'm your brand of heroin I say trying to lighten the mood lighten the mood (laughs) I want to vomit like brand of heroin is such a weird teen thing to say like it, the way that they speak sometimes, I'm just like, oh, we're doing this, are we? Yes. Um, <laughs> <talking>. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Edward tells Bella that she's pa- practically like his blood singer and how Emmett had two blood singers in the past, but it didn't really work out well for them. Rest in peace, I guess. Rip. <laughs> Rip. And then Edward starts to talk about how it would have been so easy to kill her in great detail. I really liked that, Taylor. I don't know about you, but I did. I found it super attractive. I definitely would want to hang out with someone who does that to me. Me too. Um, get some help. <laughs> some help, Bella, please. And Edward, please. I, he has- Yeah, both of you just go to therapy and then maybe loop back up, okay? But we <laughs> need to talk some of this out first before we can, before we can proceed. Absolutely. Um, you got some Esme content. I did, and I loved it. I mean, we just literally got a mention of her name, but we're already finding out how much she loves her little adopted kiddos, which I love. She's like, listen, I don't care what you have to do as long as you stay with us. Uh, Wholesome, pure, maybe not the best for Bella, but... Right. (laughs) Like, okay. Listen, as you've said before, uh, she's a little confused, but she's got the spirit, (laughs) so... (laughs) Okay, this is one thing I related two with Edward Cullen don't don't hang on to it too much but the fact that he says that he drove all the way to Alaska to avoid Bella without a second thought very relatable I mean if I was in my feelings about someone and I just didn't want to deal with it absolutely if I could just drive to the like road trip to Alaska <laughs> like I I'm gonna head out to Alaska cool I'm gonna head out oh my goodness um yeah. That was very relatable yeah. to me personally. I felt that on a spiritual level. Um, yeah, it's very extreme. But like, I love that for you. That's how we you. approach feelings here. Is <laughs> <laughs> drive to Alaska to avoid them. Yeah. Okay. And then he'll go, and then he'll move from on from that to uh, bringing up again the fact that he has no witnesses, or he would have had no witnesses if he were to just like eighty six her right then and there and i'm just like what what in the 
what in the red flag? What in the 48 hours? What in the... What in the dateline? What in the law and order has to be you? <laughs> no, literally. I just... It's literally the reddest, the reddest flag. What in the criminal minds? What in the NCIS? What in the CSI? It's just... <laughs> it's not sexy. I don't understand. And then, like, Stephanie Meyer will then, like, try to mask it for what it is as being like oh he said it in a cool tone he said it in a seductive tone to kind of condone it and i'm like stop this is literally emotional manipulation this is how i can just imagine some girls reading this or or guys or non-binary pals you know reading this as a kid and thinking oh someone's saying something of this magnitude to me but them saying it in like a cool sexy cute way makes it better than them just like screaming at me or uh making me feel unsafe and i'm like that's even more unsafe i mean look at fucking serial killers that were able to get away from with shit for so long because they were these charismatic charming people you know what I mean? Like, it's very, it's very icky and I don't like it. <laughs> like, I just yeah. don't like it. And, like, adding off of that, like, right after he says that, he's like, by the way, you're the most important thing to me now and ever. <laughs> like, like, it's, that is literally, it's like when someone, you know, hurts you and then buys you flowers and promises not to do it again. Like, that is pretty much exactly what's happening here. It's like a cycle. It's a pattern of doing something really terrifying and saying something really awful to you and then saying that, oh, you're the most important thing to me. I love you so much. Also, we have yet to be on one date, nor have we asked anyone to be- Hey, we were at the Italian restaurant with the blonde waiter. Okay, that was a hijacked, that was a hijacked (laughs) outing. Now they're gonna be together forever. I hate it. But yeah, also, (laughs) no one's been official. We have we haven't no one's each other's boyfriend girlfriend yet unless I I missed a chapter. No, um, you for sure didn't. Right. We get the line, the line. Uh huh. This chapter. Mm-hmm. So the lion fell in love with the lamb. <laughs> what a masochistic lion! What a what a stupid lamb! Or <laughs> I don't know the exact words. Yeah, no. It's so funny. It's so it- funny. It's pretty ridiculous because I've I've barely seen any romance between them this far. It's like life threatening situation, um, man splaining slash meddling, declaration. Right. That's what right. I <laughs> Yeah, and and she's so insecure in this relationship. Like she pretends she's not. She pretends that she's so happy, but she's constantly watching herself. Yeah. And that's not good. <laughs> like, that is not how it should be. Like, you need to be comfortable being yourself and saying things and making mistakes without him, like, getting so angry at you for every little thing. Yeah. Going back to what we were kind of talking about earlier in this chapter, we're, we're still being sold the lie that the humans, like, run away from them, which makes no sense given what we know. They fought their wealth so much. Like, why would you not move to, like, Beverly Hills? Like, I guess it's too sunny there. But, like, somewhere that's, like, similar to Beverly Hills, but, like, it's rainy. You know what I mean? So you, like, fit in more. Or just, like, don't live that lifestyle. Oh, right. It's just, like, Stephanie Meyer just wanted this uh, fantasy of having these really beautiful, immortal vampires living the life of luxury and it's like, okay, I understand it, but like putting them in a town where like people probably aren't even making $25,000 annually and people are like 
struggling to pay their bills and the doctors don't even make a lot of money there is fucked up. Like, it's like they would not be considered the outcasts. Not really. Like, people would be, like, afraid of them in the sense of, like, wanting to make sure that they don't make them unhappy, make them feel unwelcome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because their money is bringing in more money for other people because of the things that they're, like, buying and things like, you know what I mean? So it's like, but her just trying to paint them out as these, like, martyrs and outcasts when literally they have everything going for them makes no sense at all. It's just screaming white privilege, like white rich privilege. And it's like, that wins every time. We're not going to pretend like it doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we're not going to do that. <laughs> like, Absolutely wild. Uh, and then this chapter, Edward gets even hornier than our homegirl Bella. And it's very uncomfortable. It's It's like... Like, he's just all up and around her neck and just, like, breathing on her. And it's just, like, okay. Which she likes because she likes his, his breath, I guess. So, yeah. I guess good for her. We love that for her, I suppose. But I'm, I'm glad it's at least progressing. Like, they finally share a kiss. I'm just, like, thank God. Like, we've, we've been building up to this, you know, with pretty yeah. much no exposition. <laughs> and so, like, maybe this will, this will do something for them. We can move forward. Whatever. Bella's responses to him crack me up. When they're running, um, and she, you know, gets a little bit sick when he's on, when she's on his back and they're like sprinting through the woods. After he like puts her down, <laughs> he was like, oh, maybe that wasn't the best idea. And she goes, no, it was very interesting. <laughs> no. Interesting she's like, it was is the word. Interesting. It was very interesting. Like she, she like approaches everything with like such a, um, objective, like biological, the science-y like perspective, which is so funny. And then I love that she says that she's a bit heavier than your average backpack. Like, I'm literally picturing Edward as Dora and Bella as backpack, just sprinting through the woods. Like, they simultaneously talk, like, 600-year-olds and six-year-olds. Yeah, there's, like, no in-between sometimes. No. It's one Um, extreme or another. Edward asks her if she's dizzy from their little run in the woods or if it's from his kissing expertise. And that's the funniest thing in this chapter to me. Straight up, what expertise? Right, you've had one kiss, <laughs> dude. His reasoning for not letting her drive is laughable, considering he could, like, easily protect her if they did end up in a crash. Like, he's like, oh, Bella, you're dizzy. You shouldn't be driving in your state. And also, like, she told him no, she's fine to drive. And then he doesn't respect that decision and then charms her out of it. Listen, no friends friends don't like let friends dr- um drive, drive drunk, drunk on love drunk on love <laughs> right i'm like that's not the same thing and then again she said she's fine and she said no and then he's like please but like no fuck you like my car yeah no it's just i just don't i don't like that that's a constant thing that they do it's like people always say that bella stands up for herself which she does she does make it known what she wants but then he will counteract that with saying the right things or looking at her a certain way and then she completely changes her resolve and i don't think that's the same thing as sticking to what she wants that's it's just it's, it's very much feels to me like stephanie meyer wants to assert that bella has a mind of her own which she asserts herself he gets her to change her mind and then 
the way it's written is like, oh, it's fine. Like, it was practically my idea anyway. That's not the same thing as asserting yourself. You assert yourself. You're like, no, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. It's not going to change. Whereas she's constantly being influenced by the people in her life, specifically Edward, to change her way of thinking. And that's, I'm not going to praise that, honestly. I don't know about you, but I'm just not going to praise that because it's not the same thing as what she's trying to insinuate. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. 100%. Another thing, uh, again, his mobile features transform. What the fuck does that mean? I think I've looked at that and like tried to figure out what she means. And I'm not defending it because it's not a good line. But I think that she was talking about him being like a statue and but like his his features that aren't like frozen <laughs> transformed is what I think she meant but it's still not a good line I'm gonna be honest I don't know what that means I don't that's so weird that's so funny though that's funny it's insane okay that was chapter 13 dear god so much to crack <laughs> now we're in chapter 14 where we really just turn we turn the uncomfortability on up about a thousand you know what I mean you know what I'm saying yeah um and then he goes on this tangent of wondering if he should tell Bella his age because he thinks it will upset her as if him being like a literal vampire who wanted to kill her and still has to try to refrain from killing her um didn't matter to her at all <laughs> so I'm like what is this logic what is this also like do you want to scare her away or not like pick a lane like tell her if you want her to actually get away from you because you don't think it's safe for her to be around you like, it's so weird. Like, he changes, he goes back and forth in that all the time. And I understand, it's like, the inner conflict of, like, loving her, but wanting her to be safe. But, like, use all that's in your arsenal to have her try to get away, like, up front here so you don't go in deeper, or she doesn't go in deeper. Yeah, it's like he likes to pick and choose when he's going to do these things, but then, like, he likes to abide by his time with her. And it's just like, okay, then what do you... I don't know. It's it's a it's an interesting thing. Very interessante. Um, going back to the truck thing and him driving, um, he doesn't drive very safe for someone who, like, gave her shit earlier. Like, he hardly looks at the road. And he knows that she kind of doesn't like that. Like, she gets anxiety about that. So I'm just like, yeah. would it have been better? What, how is it better that you're driving? Fast and furious, baby. Like, he just wanted to have control in that moment. I'm just like, okay, I don't like that. Um, we finally find out something about this dude, uh, he was born in Chicago in 1901 and was dying of the Spanish influenza. Um, but that's pretty much all we get besides the fact that his mom passed away, like his parents had already passed away. Um, because he says his human memories have mostly faded. Yes. So, well, but, but I do, I, I do like that we can relate to him though, because he's a pandemic king and we're pandemic queens right now. <laughs> I will give you that. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, um, I can relate to him. There's a deadly virus going around. Yeah. We we get you, Edward. We get it. We wish we didn't, but we do. Edward was the first person that Carlisle turned. And Which then, I actually really like that detail, I want to say. because I And I also want a little mini-series of Carlisle and Edward just, like, being father and son. Just, like, in the... What, what year would it be? Like, in the 1920s or whatever. Yeah. And then they're 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 uh they're roaring 20s carlisle and edward like father-son comedy like give it to me <laughs> i feel like definitely carlisle would be 
the comedic relief because Edward's giving nothing. He's very That'd be so funny. Like that's so sitcom setup like with like the yeah. fun dad and like the really like Brutal. emo teen son vamp. Like I'm here for this. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, and then we find out that Carlisle toned Rosalie in the hopes that she would be his girlfriend. Okay. All right. Um, that's a very extreme blind date, but yeah, sure. No. Especially finding out what we know about her in later books. Um, that's fucked up also. Um, and who, then- who, who was out here shipping Edzalee? Nobody. No. No. She's too good for him anyway. She's too intelligent. Um, oh, 100%. And then Rosalie found Emmett two years later, dying of a bear attack, and then carried him back like a hundred miles to Carlisle. And this, like a queen. Like, what the hell? Good for her. Oh, yeah, I love that too. And I love that it's like the kind of subverting expectations of like the strong guy rescuing the damsel in distress. Rosalie was like, screw it like i'm saving this big buff guy he's gonna be mine (laughs) yeah it's very we love that we love them very cute i love it they're fun they're a fun couple for sure emmett cullen the only man ever um he tells the tale of like the younger that they seem in a town the longer that they can stay somewhere um and then he also talks about um, how like Jasper and Alice found each other, which was like Alice had a vision of Jasper, but then like they were weren't together for a while, so she like literally had to like find that find him, and then she had a vision of them being with the Cullens, so they went together to find them, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. But this is kind of what I wanted to touch on um, earlier when I said that um, Edward was saying that he doesn't really have any memories of his human life. He says that Jasper and Alice were able to develop this, like, emotional conscience without any outside help. And um, it's interesting to me because I think it's mentioned in this chapter, or it's been just, like, established that when they turn, they're mentally frozen at the age that they were turned. And I see a plot hole in that because, for one, for Edward, if he is mentally frozen at the age of 17, his memory should pretty much be perfect. That's one thing. Like, like losing your memories and things like that, for the most part, is usually something that happens when you, like, grow and you mature and, you know, you start to see life with different eyes. That's one thing. But also... If Jasper and Alice were able to develop this emotional and mental conscience on their own accord without any outside help, that would mean that their brains could change. They could form their own opinions. They could learn what's right and what's wrong instead of being stuck in that one headspace of this is what I believe. You know what I mean? So that's why I feel like that's not accurate. I think. Yeah, I think. I think to counter that, I feel like I do understand that he would not have a lot of human memories just because it's been so long, (laughs) I think is maybe one part of it. And also like, I feel like as a vampire, your brain would be sharper than as a human. Yeah. So potentially like, okay, the human brain, that was a little bit like, you know, maybe especially going too, because he was like sick. And so when he was a vampire, like it's almost rebooted. So it's like the memories stay with you a lot. 
better like yeah. when you're turned I guess that's my theory on that and then in terms of um Alice and Jasper I think the conscience that she's probably referring to is probably only having to do with like only eating animal blood is what I'm thinking is like they, they, that's the one thing that they really learned because they still have a lot of like childlike attributes I would say yeah um and I so that's what I think I think it's he, she's pretty much just talking about like not eating humans part I and it's hard to describe but I think it's just like you present in that certain way and it's kind of mixed because it's like you return to that age but then mm-hmm. you have lived all of these years so it's almost combines it like I, that doesn't bother me as much because I think it makes sense that like it's almost a clashing of how many years of experience you actually have on the planet versus where you like how you present and how you interact with other people and things yeah like I, I get what you mean too because it's like okay I, I kind of go back and forth with, oh, Edward's supposed to be 17, but he doesn't act like a normal 17-year-old. And then I go, okay, he's from 1901, 1918 America, so he acts that way. But then he and the Cullens act so progressive in the modern day. So they've obviously had to change and adapt. And also, um, Jasper just developing an emotional conscience is very interesting given his backstory that we get too many clips so I'm very interested about that yeah um, you know what yeah I mean? same yeah you know what I mean? um this is interesting to me where I'm just like Stephanie Meyer what the fuck are you talking about um where Edward says that there are not many vampires in the world and that the Cullens used to live with another vegetarian coven but there were too many of them so they started to draw attention not that many vampires in the world I feel like that is a line strictly due to Stephanie Meyer's religious beliefs because there is a theory going around on how the Cullens represent Mormons and how they view and live their lives and that's why they're vegetarians and then like the nomads and the vampires with the red eyes are supposed to represent like Christians. Oh my gosh that's wild that's a crazy theory my what I took from that is did you do you have a census like how do you know right (laughs) how how do you know the population like I guess maybe the vultures keeping tabs but like I'm pretty sure you don't know the exact number (laughs) no I think he literally means like he's met every single vampire in the world which would be interesting because then that would mean that like it, it would fit into the theory of vampires specifically the cullens are representative of mormons and how they are a very um small subgroup of religious people that's insane and i'm glad that i know that fact now yeah i'm just like okay okay edward um we get the first use of the word savage i hate that absolutely not not in this book um i'm pretty sure they don't mean it the way megan the stallion means it (laughs) yeah unfortunately not although it would be a better book if they did let me just throw that out there um alice doesn't remember any of her human thoughts or memories like she just woke up alone which makes me mad because i want to know yeah here's the thing like i want to know and i don't think it necessarily develops any part of her character that we don't know like if we saw more of her struggling with that i think that'd be great but like what what's the point i want to know yeah (laughs) literally tell me <laughs> like it's just I'll... 
Um, Whatever. This is the first case of me being frustrated that the colon family was not developed enough because I have so much potential. No one is. I will be ranting. I know, but I just love them. I think it's such an interesting concept of this like adoptive family unit. Literally. But give me more. Give me more. Bella describes Edward as a hopeless addiction. Again, our self-aware queen. We really do like those addiction analysis or analogies though. Yeah, it's 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 almost as great as the albino jokes. Yeah. Thanks. Love this theme. Love it. Oh. Love it. Um, in the darkness, he looked much more normal, still, pale, dreamlike in his beauty, but no longer the fantastic sparkling creature of our sunlight afternoon. What is this sentence? I hate it. Also, you've seen him in the dark. Like you've seen him in normal light before. I just. It's not a revelation. I just. I don't understand. I don't understand, like, do we need, how many horny lines do we need about- I guess all of them. I guess all of them. We don't- All right, now it's, now it's time to talk about one of the main critiques of this book from not just us, but I think everyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the watching her sleep. Okay. Without her permission. Okay, so- Um, so he, he knows where the key's hidden, not because- she told him Mm -hmm. because he was curious about her and he had to find a way no absolutely not we hate to see it also do you need something like i'm sorry i don't i'm not encouraging this but if you're a vampire wouldn't you think that you could like find a more like modern way than just like stealing the key yeah you'd think you'd have workarounds like but okay somehow i couldn't infuse my voice with the proper outrage i was flattered what we're not going to do is romanticize that. And what we're really not going to do is be worried about what he heard when you were sleeping rather than the fact that he was spying on you in your sleep. You have the wrong priorities, girlfriend. Okay? You have the wrong priorities. Get some help. Literally. Um, Get some help. I know that you're insecure and you love him, but like, this is not okay. No, it's so not okay. It's crossing so many lines. Um, And he, again... um is not sorry that he did it and no he's too sorry not sorry yeah and he's sorry not sorry excuse he uses the excuse of having nothing to do at night get a job go help watch the hospital watch some netflix yeah go book surfing on the internet go for a take up take up knitting (laughs) we we just gave you so many suggestions but again when he says this this is the second time he said that he doesn't care or feel sorry that he's crossed the line and this is where i'm like this is y'all's consent king like because i mean all the tiktoks continue to say it they keep going and be like edward cohen consent king and i'm like where <laughs> i mean no. like just because he did one thing which was not kiss a girl without her consent he's now a consent king that doesn't cancel out any of the other shit he's done that's not how we it works, baby. We are just praising the bare minimum at this point. Literally. I just absolutely not. Um, we get an unnecessary paragraph about Bella's lasagna. Thanks, Stephanie. Okay, yeah, let's let's go into this lasagna a little more. Um, okay. So here's the thing, Ajay. You posed a question to me. <laughs> Who drinks milk with lasagna? Is this white culture? As the resident white, I want to say, say I don't claim this meal. I would absolutely never. That is disgusting. That's so much dairy all in one place. 
you're gonna have a stomach ache and i know bella screams lactose intolerant she just screams it to me (laughs) this cannot be good for her stomach um absolutely not so the answer is honestly maybe it is white culture like it does scream white culture but I don't claim it. Not in my good household, okay? You said not I in would my Caucasian never, household. <laughs> not in my Caucasian household would I ever, ever allow this to happen. Okay, I'm glad I trust you then, because that shit sounded vile. It's um, horrific. I had a visceral reaction. Absolutely not. Visceral. Um, the word chagrin makes a comeback in this chapter. Hooray. Oh God, I've missed it. It's, it's, an, it's a character at this point. Chagrin. Yeah, and then um, going back to the issue at hand, she continues to say that she's only going to be angry that he watches her sleep, depending on whether or not she says something embarrassing. No! No! No. This is a person who said that he could kill you in 0.5 seconds, and you wouldn't even feel it. And you're worried? You're worried? What happens if you get your period during your sleep? What happens if you fall off your bed and you scrape your knee? What happens if he just decides to take the easy way out and just what if dry? What if you open a birthday present and get a paper cut? Oh, wait, that's New Moon. Oh, yeah, that's skipping a book. <laughs> we're not, we're, we're a book and a half away from that. No. <laughs> I'm, I know, I hate it. I hate it, too. Um, Charlie comes home and Bella just rushes through dinner to get to her room to spend time with her. Just husband. scarfs it. Just scarfs it. Like, you haven't seen your dad all day. You spent- He's been working hard for you to put fish on this table. Has he really been working hard, though? We, I think we I don't know. Probably not. I think we need to talk about the fact that Charlie is really not a good cop. I think we need to have that conversation at some point. So I think, Okay. I think, he's just, ready. I think he's just putting in the hours. I think, you know, he, he's just surviving. And on, But honestly, but honestly- but here's the thing, like the fact that he is just putting in the hours honestly probably makes him the best cop because a cab. So like just no, go okay, in, clock in. He's never shot paycheck the job, which means he's never so, like, been in a very high volatile situation. So maybe I mean. the fact that he's the worst cop makes him the best cop. I just Something to think about. Him, if he's gonna just be doing all this, I would just rather him like be pushing paperwork, you know, just be like so true. Just be like in the mail room. Be the receptionist. You know, don't be a cop. 100. You know, I just, I love him so much, but it's one of his very few flaws. It's um, flaw, but she yes. just, literally, she really just rushes through dinner and she literally has not seen him all day. She has not seen him all day. She spent time with this fucking ghoul for most of it. And now she's just like, oh, I just want to go upstairs. Just want to go upstairs. For what? Talk to your dad. Talk to your dad, please. Please. Like, please. Charlie asks if there's anybody in town that's, like, caught her eye. And then she goes, why, oh, why did this have to be his night to pay attention? Because you need it. You need yeah. someone to look out for you. Because you're just doing all this sly shit that's dangerous. We need witnesses. Yeah. We need someone we who do. can account for the minutes that you were acting weird. So we can put the pieces together if you go missing. Yep. It's true. It's true. And she does overemphasize that there's no boys in her class to be truthful with Charlie, which, you know, some could read that Edward is a man, but you know what? We're reading it another way. We're reading this as confirmation of bisexual Bella, Bangela agenda, going strong, and that's on period. I'm only shipping 
Angela and Bella together, or Bella and Alice together. You know, all the women. Um, I also just want to say how mortified I was when she pointed out that she had Victoria's Secret silk pajamas. Like the fact real. that you had to, the fact that you had to specify that makes me want to die. It's like a hand embarrassment because I know that you think they're so sexy, and I know. It's just like a silk pajama set that's like a long sleeve. That's exactly shirt. what I was going to say. It's literally, I wore that when I was five. Like, it's not a big deal. It's literally giving Kevin McAllister and Home Alone energy. So that's true. <laughs> that's the kind of pajamas I know for a fact she was wearing. Because Stephanie Meyer implying anything super sexy, not in her Mormon household. She literally just wears a snowsuit to bed. Like most nights yeah to cover um edward hatton moved a fraction of an inch a carving of adonis perched on my faded quilt i smiled and his lips twitched the statue coming to life i hate you with every fiber of my being stephanie meyer what is going on here it's she loves repeating imagery of the statue and of the Features that could be in motion being in motion. We get it. We get it. And then they start talking about jealousy, which is, like, very funny to me. Because Edward is so jealous. And Bella is jealous, but, like, in a way that doesn't... That isn't so extreme like Edward is. Like, Edward goes over the top with his jealousy. And then sometimes, like, he'll react in, like, a petty way from what I've noticed. Um... Like, him, like, blocking her in so that, you know, Tyler could ask her out, or whoever it was in the beginning. But he calls Mike Newton vile, as if Mike Newton's the one that's been stalking Bella and trying not to slurp her dry. Like, shut up. I, I, uh, it's the pot calling the kettle black, if you ask me. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Um, I also want to point out some, uh, some evidence for what i've been saying about kinky bella bring on the shackles baby i'm your prisoner this line believe it or not actually inspired justin timberlake to write sexy back in this essay i will dear god (laughs) it didn't but that's immediately with what i thought of um i also want to point out in inaccuracy you um actually look at the big picture of inaccuracies with mythology um, I don't. I point out inaccuracies with, with dumb shit. That's my role here. Mm-hmm. And she says that she smells like lavender or freesia. Well, you know what, bitch? Two chapters ago, you said your shampoo smelled like strawberries. So I want to know what the truth is. What do you smell like? Because that's important in this book. And you can't just change all the time. I think that everybody has a specific smell. And I don't think that she's putting let her perfume on because she's obviously too scared to walk into Victoria's Secret to get it. <laughs> Let me know. I want, to, I want, I want facts. Because Bella's definitely the kind of person who, like, doesn't shy away from her normal, like, routine. Because she's- No, a that's what I'm I saying. Understand that. There's no way she's deviating to do something other than exactly what she did the day before. Right. So what does she smell like? Let me know. <laughs> What's the truth? Um, I want to talk about the fact that we are being pushed with this idea that Edward and Bella are made for each other. The only reason he's even attracted to her is because he can't read her mind and her blood smells good. 
that is some manic pixie dream girl shit and by that logic I am deeply in love with the Coldstone Creamery because I can't read its mind and I think it smells good. Give me more evidence because I'm not, I'm not rooting for them yet. Me neither. I'm just like, I just, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing the chemistry. I'm just seeing a lot of uncomfortability. I'm just seeing a lot of the horniness. It's, it's, it's very much just giving infatuation. It's very much giving Midsummer Night's Dream. It's very much giving fairy dust like this is not no like let's be real here let's just put it all out there edward would not be attracted to bella if he could read her mind it's true because she's a mystery to solve to him right and guys like that they just like the challenge and it's just like such a guy thing I wouldn't even say the whole blood singer thing would come into play because Emmett had two blood singers. He couldn't read their minds and he sucked them dry. So oh, it's not like it's not like it's this one specific thing that attracted like no, he was very much into the chase. I'm not getting the ship. I'm really not. Um now you kind of make me want to have ice cream because well, you're welcome. <laughs> I yeah. And then Edward does his song and dance again of being like, oh, I don't want to deprive you of anything. And Bella's like, I don't feel deprived by like- He straight up hasn't been deprived of anything yet too. Then that's the truth. Like, right, she, like nothing she, has happened. She literally sees you like after school, like during like recreational hours. And then just like a man, he goes, not yet. Bitch, she said what she said. Right, like- Let's let's let her make up her mind about that. Um, I also would love to talk about the powers that people get from their vampires, um, because it's interesting and also so stupid. Yeah, <laughs> and so sense. therefore I'm obsessed with that. So here's everyone's powers. Let's list them out. Mm-hmm. Rosalie is tenacious, aka a pigheadedness. Like, first of all, hilarious and dumb. Um, Jasper can manipulate emotions. That's like an actual fair, you know, power, I think. Alice is the future. That's a fair power. Emmett Strong. That's an okay power. Carlisle Mesme and Rosalie got done so dirty. Imagine, imagine your stupid brother gets to be strong or well, I guess that's not a brother. Imagine your stupid brother gets to read minds and your power is just being more vain imagine your power is just loving people imagine your power is just being compassionate no give me something that's like fun and superhero-y like that is such bs yeah it doesn't make any sense it's like but really hardly any of the powers make sense like the lore is very very faulty one of these days, I definitely want to see if we can just do an episode where we just talk about all the powers and, like, a lot of the lore that's in the Twilight universe. Because well, we need that's to talk about thing. it. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, being vain, being loving, those aren't powers. Like, I get that the theory is like, that you're, you know, your most height, your, your quality that you had in your human life is, like, heightened. But, like, you can't just, like... <laughs> have loving heart as a power when someone has mind reading like that's not like that doesn't that doesn't like that's not fair 
Yeah. That's not fair. Like, the way that it's described just sounds like such bullshit. Like, it, it just seems like there was, like, no thought. Like, you could literally think of powers that relate to being compassionate. Like, I don't know, being able to heal people, like, yes. easily or being able to, like, that's a thing. <laughs> that's not just that. Like, Rosalie can, like, you know, magnetize people with her beauty. Like, that makes sense. Like, <laughs> that's glamorous. not just being like, vain. Like, yeah. It's like, either go full on with the powers or don't. Because they can talk to animals. I just named every, I just gave every single person power on the spot right here that relates to that. That makes sense. It's because she kind of wants to like relate it to the real world, but it's like, it makes no sense because it's supposed to be a fantasy, but at the same time, it's not a fantasy because there's hardly any fantasy elements and the fantasy elements that are there um, are not that developed. And I say that because, for example, Edward can read minds. We know that. Cool. Staple. Alice can see the future, but it's not really the future because if you change your thought, it changes. So it's not really the future. That's just life you're seeing unfold. Right. <laughs> like it's it's because it's like, for example, if I choose I want to go to Taco Bell, whatever happens when I choose to go to Taco Bell, say I um, instantly maybe I get into an accident or something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. that's the future but then if i make a split second decision to go to wendy's and i take a different route i don't get and i don't get into the accident you didn't really see the future <laughs> like right. because if that's the future it doesn't matter if i chose to go to wendy's or i chose to go to taco bell i'm still gonna get into an accident right like it's unchanging it's it's right at best but if i change like that the way that's how it's described <laughs> yeah um i think it's quite funny how they're talking about like their experience <laughs> this kind of goes back to maybe they are frozen at 17 because why can't you just talk about it the way that an adult would just say the word sex like is the fact that bella is word? is so offended that you'd ever ask is so funny and so mormon like yeah it's, like, it's fine like he does he like no that's why i'm just like there's no way she's a freak. There's just no way. He is though, Ajay. I pointed out so many examples. She would not be that uncomfortable if she's a secret freak. Here's the thing. I I'll, we'll pose a question to the audience, but I think I'm right. There is at least one line from these godforsaken chapters that I did like, and it was, "I know love and lust don't always keep the same company." So true. Yeah. And. That, my friends, is the reason why I have our my first actual question to the 43 people that listen to our podcast, according to our anchor analytics. We love all yeah. of you. Yeah, um, thanks, guys. I'm glad you guys are liking us. Um, there might be more of you than vampires in the world. <laughs> there might that's be. That's powerful. That's so that's powerful. powerful. My question to y'all is, do you think Bella and Edward are in love or lust with each other at this point in the book? Remember, we're at chapter 14 now. I say they're in lust. There has been- Oh, 100%. They don't know, they don't I, know I, each other. They don't other. know enough about each other. Um, they can't really have really in-depth conversations without someone get of, getting offended or without Edward using some kind of like fear tactic to deflect away from them getting close. I just think it's very much in lust. I will say that, so I, I have read ahead. I've read the next chapter after this. Mm -hmm. I think that the tides might start to turn 
Um, so I think that you're right that right now it's lust for sure. Yeah. Those were a very uh, packed two chapters and uh, none of it was good. It was 99.9% garbage. So true. Taylor, I've been wanting to say this to you for like weeks now, but like, are you ready for the Twilight Fun Fact of the Week? I am. Rosalie and Jasper's names were originally going to be oh, no. Carol and Ronald. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> She's not a Carol. She- I could maybe see him being a Ronald, but not really, but a little bit. I cannot be a Carol Hale stand. That doesn't even sound no. right. Uh, no way. No way. Carol Hale? Uh-uh. Sounds like you're saying Kale. Kale. <laughs> Kale. Kale colon, baby. No. We're going to play another round of Say Kuth or Stephanie. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. Bonnie and I faced each other in silence. After a few seconds, the quiet started to feel awkward, so I turned and headed for the kitchen. I could hear her wet wheels squeak against the aluminum as she followed. I fit the paper bag into a space on the top shelf of the fridge and then turned slowly to meet the eyes I could feel boring into me. Charlie won't be back for a long time. My voice was almost rude. She nodded in agreement, but said nothing. Thanks again for the fish fry, I hinted. She continued nodding. I sighed and leaned back against the counter. Oh, I'm saying that's, um, Sekou's. It is not. It is. It is not? No. Okay, that's actually pretty well written then. (laughs) This is actually... From Life and Death, Twilight Reimagined. Interesting. Well, I'm kind of excited now because, like, who's Bonnie? (laughs) I believe Bonnie's supposed to be Billy. Oh, my God. All right. I'm scared that I'm going to like Edith Cullen better than Edward, and I don't really want to I'm sure we will. (laughs) I don't think there's any doubt about that. Because Edith is is supposed to be Edward, so I'm like, that's why I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. What if if this happens? I'm going to have to quit the podcast. Well, we'll read it last. (laughs) That was a lot. That's, this was a very fun episode back. I had so much fun. I'm so glad we're back into the groove of things. Yeah, for sure. I think there's much more to come. 2021 is the year of winning forks, baby. Yeah, it is. That is it for this episode. We'll see y'all next week. And remember, winning forks. Don't, don't be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.